GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. I hope you're well. Our sports reporter, Jose Marie Ruiz, will catch up with the England women's football team in just a few moments. That's ahead of tomorrow's friendly against Austria, which will be played in Algeciras. They'll also take on Italy in that stadium in the coming days. More on that, as well as details of an invasive algae which has washed up on the west side of Gibraltar. Our reporter, Cristina Cortez, has been speaking to the Nautilus Project. And 15 old school friends have reunited to put together an exhibition. Martin Gonzalez and Ernest Lima will talk us through the class of 69. But first, a Gibraltarian artist is through to the finals of the Sky Arts Landscape Artist of the Year TV competition. Congratulations to Monica Popham. Monica. Thanks. Honestly, it just it just doesn't feel real. It's just been such a brilliant experience and um, I'm just so happy to have been able to do it and get to do it one more time. Yeah, how exciting. Um, tell us about the, ex- the, 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 the competition for somebody who, who hasn't seen it yet. Um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners and viewers will be familiar with it, but, but what, what is the Sky Arts landscape? Uh, what, is it, what does it entail as a show? What do you have to do as an artist? I always say it's like um, the equivalent of a, the bake-off uh, for an artist. <laughs> you get um, put in a pod and you get given a landscape that they want you to paint and you get four hours to paint it and then um, after those four hours they pick someone to um, go through to the next part of the competition and um, the whole thing is that they want um, the winner of the commission, the winner of the competition gets a commission by um, normally a British institute like, like an, an important one, no, some, uh, you yeah, know, it, 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 yeah, it's it, it sort of is, it's prestigious, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And this um, this series is the uh, the science museum, so yeah, it's it's a brilliant brilliant opportunity. I love the science museum. <laughs> what a, what a pleasure it would be to to to, to produce something for them. No? Um, t- tell us a little bit. I mean, about how uh, the UK um, weather and this competition may have forced you to change your style a bit. Because when you were painting in Gibraltar, a, a lot of people who are familiar with your work will, uh, I think, sort of immediately think of of those scenes that you depict, which are, are drenched in bright sunshine. But I don't know <laughs> if that's a bit harder when you're in in the UK in winter yeah definitely my um the biggest concern when I got on when I got the call to go on to the program was like I've never painted I've never painted a scene in the UK you know I've never painted a scene where there was rain or cloud or and on the day you know you get one day to do it it's not like you get to choose which day you can pick so um I definitely I've had to change my style a lot during the competition and I think Buffer's Hard last night was the first time I'd actually painted like a cloudy sky which is um so going yeah so going into it, it was like I've, I had to prepare for the first time you've painted a cloudy <laughs> sky I know because I mean most of my paintings are quite cropped so it's normally either buildings or just a little glimmer of a blue sky so yeah it was it was a first <laughs> I think that um you managed it not too badly. Uh, let's have a listen to, to some of the judges' feedback now. It's interesting how a difficult location can help us get the best three artists. Sometimes when it's harder, they've got to pull it out of the bag. And our top three 
really, really have. What I like about Monica, she's given me something I wasn't expecting, but somehow she's stayed in her little groove. So it makes me sort of salivate to think what she might do next. What is interesting about all three of them, I have no idea what they're going to do, but I want to see it. That's brilliant, isn't it? So, so you've stayed within your pod, but you have the judges salivating. Yeah, no. really, it really is like a bake-off, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> and and, um, and and you're you know genuinely they they sound genuinely excited about uh, how you're going to respond to um, the the changing conditions and and the and the brief. And I suppose uh, that's a measure of of your artistry and, and, and your ability to sort of not just find your own groove, to use their words, but, but also to see how you can grow that and, and, and apply it in different circumstances. Yeah, definitely. And the best part of the competition is that you, you get put in situations that you would probably never put yourself into. So, I, you know, you paint scenes that you never would have chosen. And as an artist, you do find, you do get stuck in ways, you know, like, you get comfortable in painting certain things that you, you know, you know is going to turn out well. So to put you, I mean, to put me as, as a, an, an artist who focuses, you know, focuses on light and architecture, to put me in a scene where it's lots of greenery and water and boats, it was, it was overwhelming. But yeah, I've definitely grown as an artist from this experience. Well, we've we've had some wonderful feedback on um, on the GBC News social media, um, <laughs> and and just uh, during the the past forty five minutes or so on Radio Gibraltar. Um, Rachel says, "Congratulations, Monica. We've been watching you. So cool, so calm." <laughs> So talented. Wow. From Rachel. Uh, Andrea says, what an amazing achievement. Yalta says, your work is amazing. You are my favorite from the start. Uh, Elmas uh, says uh, that they watched it with a big smile on their face. And uh, Jenny says, it's a great show. And you definitely deserved your place in the final. And Bev has also been in touch. Bev says she's been following your progress and she's so thrilled. Um, All of Gibraltar is behind you, Monica. Your artwork is so perceptive. You connect the viewer to all aspects of life, um, the community, the nature surrounding us all. Congratulations to you. So uh, do, do, do you feel the warmth of that support um, you, you know, sort of, uh, 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 albeit you're in the UK in Guildford, but but you you sort of get a lot of messages coming through. Yeah, definitely, it's it, it's definitely made the experience for me. Like, I mean, it was all filmed in um, June and July of last year, so it's been a long time keeping it secret. It's so lovely that I'm, I get to share it with everyone and um, it builds such a lovely community where all these comments are coming from. So yeah, it's it's great. What would you say to someone who's aspiring to be a professional artist? I mean, what would your advice be? Because it must be a tough life at times, not to to, to make it work, to make art work as a, a full-time endeavour. Yeah, definitely. And going into the final, um, Christina and Denise, were, they're both full-time artists, so I was the only one with a with a nine-to-five job. Um, so it is it is hard work, because you just sort of have to keep keep going and... The biggest thing for me is definitely build a community, you know, focus on building a community. So when I started Popham Studio on um, Instagram, it was when I was uh, doing the mural for Gampa. In I remember that. It's it's a beautiful mural. And, it still it still looks great. Yeah, and um, I just never expected the reaction. And then when I moved to Guildford last March, I was I was really concerned that I was like losing 
you know, the artist community that I'd built back back in Gibraltar because it's such a it is a close knit community. But the Instagram and everyone following me has really kept me, you know, kept me in touch with everything. So um, I think that's a really important part of it because it can be quite lonely to be an artist. I can imagine, so, yeah. yeah. And, and digital media um, has its uh, its downsides as well, but it but it's great to to hear that it's helping you and it is an integral part of how you uh, stay in touch with with people who enjoy your art. Of course, yeah, definitely. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. An algae that has washed up on the coastline on the west side, uh, so Western Beach, you may have seen um, images posted by the Nautilus Project. Uh, Western Beach, it, really, the, there's, there's a very significant amount of it on the beach, uh, but it's elsewhere as well. Cristina Cortez has been out on this uh, beautiful Thursday morning uh, looking at it and, and is here to, to tell us a bit more. Um, Christina, first impression is that it, it sort of is not doesn't smell particularly pleasant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not it's not pleasant. It's this uh, you know sort of brown algae as you can imagine uh, piled up all along the shore. Um, and as you say, this has been highlighted uh, by by the Nautilus Project, um, and it's apparently a a species known as Rugolopteryx okamura, which is a brown algae that's native to the northwest Pacific Ocean. Sorry, which one was it? <laughs> Rugolopteryx okamura. I hope I'm wow. saying that right. <laughs> And, Better uh, than I could, and uh, it's uh, it's it's an invasive species in the Mediterranean. Uh, Louis Daniette of the Nautilus Project told me it was first found in France in 2002, and it wasn't initially uh, believed that it was going to be a problem. It had spread from oyster shells, but that since then it's become an invasive uh, species and has sort of spread uh, as far as Gibraltar and then further across Spain. And uh, it's yeah, it's it's becoming a problem. And I asked him why particularly we're seeing it now. So in the springtime, when there's more light, the algae starts to grow very prolifically. It smothers a lot of the other algae, which causes a problem in the ecosystem because it outcompetes a lot of the other algae. But of course, in the wintertime, like today, there's less light and there are also more storms. And what that does is it stirs the algae, it breaks it off its, its latches, if you like, and, and the algae now comes free. And obviously, with the storms, it ends up washing up on the beaches. What are the conditions under which this can grow uh, locally and uh, proliferate to this manner? So uh, the algae actually needs a hard substrate. It doesn't do very well on sand. And obviously this is one... So here in Western Beach, we're completely surrounded by rocky revetments. And this is one of the reasons why it it builds up here more than in a lot of other areas. Um, What we should be careful of is, say, an east side project where we are potentially uh, building lots of rocky revetments and structures down to a depth of perhaps 20, 25 metres where this now has new habitat to colonise and what we were doing, what we would be doing, is importing a problem that we see is already on our coastline to another area of the coastline. That's interesting. So potentially uh, this invasive species which we've seen wash up on Western Beach in particular in recent days, there could be a lot more of it on Sandy Bay, Catalan Bay and Eastern Beach if we have a development like the Eastside development with a lot more um, rocks in that area. That's the that's that's the argument uh, by by Luis Añeta that says that this uh, you know rocks are are not un- uncommon, but it has to be at a certain depth, which uh, generally uh, is found on on the west side, which is which is generally deeper. But that a project which has uh, rocky remnants that go out far enough on the east side that would reach those sort of depths would create a habitat, uh, according to Luis Añeta, for this kind of algae. And the thing about this algae is that uh, you know the, it's not there's no species around here that eats it. It's not palatable to the species around here. 
uh, and uh, the not un- unlike in its native waters where you know fish uh, or, or other animals around it have have evolved to to eat this. So short of scraping it off every every rock, there's not much that can be done uh, to get rid of it. So uh, the Nautilus Project says that's the way to to tackle it is to tackle its habitat space and to make sure that we don't create more ways, uh, more areas for, for it to proliferate. And, you know, uh, as you said, today at East, at Western Beaches, it's unpleasant. It was sort of heaped up along the shore. There's flies hovering, there's rubbish tangled up in it. You could see it washing in on the waves. And uh, one man who was passing by while we were there actually stopped to tell us uh, how much he used to love swimming there, but he hasn't recently because of how much seaweed there is. So uh, the argument by the Nautilus Project is uh, this this algae is already a problem on one side. Uh, not He it's a warning to not let it become a problem across the whole of Gibraltar's coastline. Goodness. Okay. Um, well, interesting, and um, and and it's a it's a picture story as well, isn't it? Because there is an impressive amount of it at Western Beach. So I assume you, you'd be preparing a video mm. report for tonight. No? Yes. It won't uh, uh, get across the smell, but it will. Uh, it will get across the image of it. Technology will get us there eventually. <laughs> no, I mean for better or worse. <laughs> Presumably, with a story like this, you'd want to have the option to enable smell uh, sen- yeah, sense the, the the smell. But but um, but I, I wouldn't want to. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. If you left school a long time ago, have you had a reunion since? If not, would you like to? And if you did, what would you do with your um, former school friends? Well, 15 old school friends have got together and put together an art exhibition. The class of 69 is on display at the Fine Arts Gallery at the moment. It's uh, the brainchild of Martin Gonzalez, who joins me now together with Ernest Lima. Um, Good afternoon, gents. Thank you for being here at Broadcasting House. And um, tell us a little bit about how the exhibition came about. Well, thanks for having us. Um, the exhibition came about as a result of attending a funeral of one of our uh, brothers who passed away um, a couple of years ago. And we've always been a, a group that gets together socially and we have reunions every so often. Our last one was a few months ago. Uh, it was very well attended. But we decided this time that in honour of those of, of us who've passed away, um, there's about six or seven of us who've left us. We should do something that is different. In in in, in other words, um, put something on display. And uh, one of our um, members, John Cardona, said he's he's also one of the contributors. Why don't we Why don't we do a, a, an exhibition of um, the work that we've produced over the years, not just uh, recently? So there'd be a bit of nostalgia involved in that. So the idea took off from there. It was just just a, a passing comment that we took on board, and uh, what we've got is we're not we're not all artists. Um, there's five who've contributed paintings. There's photographers like like Ernest here. Some beautiful photographs. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, up, yeah, 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 yeah. You'd, you'd be surprised at uh, at what people have produced. We've got an an astronomer amongst us who's over. His photographs are are also uh, very well worth going down to have a look at. Um, illustrated poems. We've got Richard Garcia, who's contributed the books that he's written. Um, Well-known author and historian, of course. Author and historian, poets, you name it. We've we've, we've got them there. One lady who who came in um, while we were hanging them up said something which I think was 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 actually quite relevant, and that is, um, she said, all the people who are exhibiting here were in the same year in school, and I said yes, 
that's that's probably the surprising thing about it. That's the concept, no? Yeah, I, th- I think the, the government must have put something in the water the year we were born and it worked. <laughs> something to, to get the creative juices flowing. So uh, yeah, no, exactly. W- why is it called the class of 69? Then you joined uh, Comprehensive well, in 69? No, the... the um... It was actually 69-70 because we finished our O-levels in 1970. Mm. Uh, but for some reason, one of our, one of our group set up uh, a WhatsApp and decided to call it the class of 69. I mean, it's a good but name. It's, also, it's a good name. It, yeah, but, but it's also, it's also coincides with the photograph that we have, which was actually taken in 1969 of the, both classes of the grammar school. That's nice. So, so the, yeah, it fits in quite, quite well. Um, so, uh, I mean, uh, time flies, no? I mean, uh, we always say that it's a, it's a cliché that you need to sort of really um, seize the day, carpe diem, because time flies. But I suppose with this exhibition, you're really, um, you know, you're giving a sort of a creative outlet to that idea and saying... You know, we we get together. You have sort of more, um, I suppose, uh, different quality uh, get-togethers where you might share a few beers. But this is something which uh, should go down in 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 sort of the on the public record as as uh, you know an exhibition that captures the creative uh, juices of, as you say, a, a year um, of of friends from from way back when. Mm. Well, it was it was a surprise when we put it all together because you don't know what you're getting. Because if you're doing a one-man show or two-man show and you're working together, you know exactly what you're going to put up. So this was actually a bit of a surprise, wasn't it? it when people started to... bringing their stuff in, those who had uh, um, agreed to, you know, to contribute, um, we didn't know what was going to be put up. I'd seen some of the work, but not not all of it. And uh, over the two days, Monday and Tuesday, where we we um, uh, hang our work up in the gallery. Um, Yes, it was it was very very surprising at how much creativity there, there there is in a in a particular group like that. Um, I think it's a challenge to others now to come and do something similar. I love the idea that um, uh, not not only are you friends for for so many years, but that uh, but that you've been able to to organise this and 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 have so many people who can contribute something creatively. Because mm. I mean, we all love uh, or a lot of us uh, will enjoy a doodle. Or perhaps you know writing down something from time to time, but that's one thing. And to be able to to have something that you're confident enough to put up on the wall and say, right, I'm I'm happy to put my name on this, and for mm. the, the broad public to to see it, that's another thing. No, there's a higher threshold for that. Yeah, but can I say something that this um, the concept itself wasn't um, to be as professional as we can and to put uh, showcase um, you know professional pieces. It was more a case of, um, you know, we're all friends. We've known each other, a lot of us, since the age of five. Um, a lot of us were in middle school together and then later in secondary school, so we're, 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 we're a close group. And some people were a bit reluctant to put their stuff. No, it's not good enough. No, no, compared with you. It's, it's not about competition. It's not about comparison. It's, a, it's just about... I, I, I think nostalgia comes into it a lot. You that's, know, that, we're all precisely, Jesus, aren't we? Yeah, this is <laughs> this is precisely what what, yeah. uh, what I wanted to put across because you know the, the sub a subject can make a good photograph. If that photograph is taken well, it can be stunning. Um, that's not what I wanted to put across. Uh, you know, when we sat around the table, we we my thoughts went back to the times when the frontier was closed and you know what we lived through. Mm-hmm. 
So that's what I wanted to show, and I wanted to show photographs of Gibraltar warts and all, not pretty pictures. Yeah. Um, and also within that, I tried to use from the old Pentaxes that we used to use, the old horizontal um, focal plane shutters and vertical, right through to the newer digital and even the iPhone. So you know, that is the broad range of photographs that I have set up. Um, for that reason, so, so they're not they're, they're not like stunning pics. There's a couple there which I which I think which I, happy I like, with. which mm. I'm happy with, um, particularly the monochrome ones. Uh, couple, there were two monochrome ones which I think were you know were quite nice. But other than that, you know, Gibraltar warts and all. That's what it is. Yeah, and, and, and absolutely, absolutely right. I mean, there's something uh, I think that's quite appealing about that, um, which gives you an insight into years gone by and what Gibraltar was like, and 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 uh, and what life was like for for this cohort of friends. Um, is it ever the case that you get together and and you think, oh, so and so has changed, or, or have you managed to to sort of keep that chemistry between you? We are what we are. Yeah. <laughs> we're very much the same as we as we were when we were school kids. Yeah. You know, people essentially... We behave I, like school kids at times. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can believe it with Martin, because he, uh, he was my teacher. He was my English literature teacher, so I can believe it with him. Yeah, yeah the, um, no, no. I, I think what, what you find out when you get to our age, and obviously we're really ancient now, uh, is that when you meet up with your friends, some whom you've not seen for years, um, they're still the same. They're exactly the same as they were in school. They've lived... They've lived um, experiences that maybe you haven't had, those who've been and, and made their lives in America or Australia or whatever. Um, but essentially the character remains the same. Your personality is what it what it is, and it will be like that, you know, when you're long retired. So through, have you managed to stay in touch then with um, school friends who are no longer in Gibraltar as well as oh, those yes, here? Oh, yes, 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 definitely. Yes, in fact, so. um, one of the contributors came down from Madrid specifically for this and brought his work with him um and another couple thanks to the digital age sent photographs from from the from the states nice so, yeah yeah good so it's an international exhibition as well <laughs> <laughs> excellent um with this project w what role do you think the the sort of creative process has played in in has it has it furthered your friendship you know like the the vulnerability maybe that comes with exhibiting work y yes um and as Martin was saying earlier, meeting somebody that you haven't seen for 55 years, you know, and, and, and putting a, a, a new face, you know, to, to old days. Um, yeah, I, and we, we keep together and we, we have some coffee mornings on occasions, not very often, but because, I suppose we're, because we're retired, so we're quite busy. I was going to say, when, when you retire, you, you, you become uh, sort of uh, busy grandparents yeah. quite often, no? Don't, don't forget our socials in the evening. No. <laughs> you're, allowed those, to get, you're allowed to get out from time to time yeah, in the evening. Yeah, they, okay. those start off formally and then, you know, degenerate into... Uh... <laughs> I won't ask for too many details, don't no. worry. <laughs> no, stick, stick, stick the subject. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the class of 69 then. Uh, for somebody who's just joining us, uh, why should they head on down to the Fine Arts Gallery to check it out? I think that um, we lived through a, a, a period of time in our childhood where we were um, quite restricted in Gibraltar. It was a closed frontier situation, and um, there's work there that that talks about that period. Uh, the, the, the work of Mike Lombard, where, where his diary accounts, which are there for people to read. Uh, so it was a difficult period, but I think it also bonded us a lot. 
And a lot of the work looks back at, like Ernest's work, looks back at that time, closed frontiers. In fact, he's got photographs of that. Um, the fact that we were determined to do what I call the Great Escape and leave Gibraltar and study. That was one avenue. Other people um, emigrated, like uh, a couple of our mates, well, at least three of them who live in the States, one who lives in Australia, others who live in Spain. And there was that determination to make something of yourself. And that, I think, is reflected in, in the work that you'll see tomorrow. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. The Lionesses have held their last training session before taking on Austria in a friendly match tomorrow night, very close to us uh, in in Algeciras. And today they were training up the coast in Marbella and our reporter Jose Mari Ruiz was there nice and early. Hmm. Uh, Jose, what can you tell us uh, about the ambiente in the England camp? Good afternoon, Jonathan. Well, uh, the ambiente was quite positive Pre this trip, uh, the head coach, Serena Wigman, had said that it's important to get the players started early because although the Euro qualifiers 2025 haven't started yet, they'll start it in May, it's important to get them together early to build up that camaraderie we like to see. And, you know, I mean, there was music playing when the players walked onto the pitch. Nice. There was laughing, they were having a joke. The weather was brilliant over in Manavella this morning. So definitely in good spirits. And, of course, they've only just started training for the first time this year now. So it's all a good time at this point, yeah. I mean, they hit the headlines last summer, no? And when they the reached World the final of the World Cup, um, did did you get the sense that that you were uh, in the presence of of footballing superstars? I mean, because because they, they, their profile is 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 extremely high, no? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, there's there's definitely a few standout players like Mary Earps, the United goalkeeper. She had a fantastic World Cup. I mean, there was a. a an outroar after after the World Cup because they weren't doing the goalkeeper kit with her name, and Nike had to kind of go back to the factory and make it available for people to be able to buy the Nike kit with her name at the back. I mean, that's how popular I was getting. Obviously, got Lauren James. Yeah, you, you know you're strong and your brand is strong when you yeah. can push Nike to, to change that position. Exactly, yeah. They've obviously got Lauren James, who's been terrific for Chelsea this season, and uh, Kira Walsh, who plays for Barcelona. So we're talking about superstars, really. And you definitely got the sense watching them train. We're only allowed to see the first 15 minutes, so it's normally the slow starts to the session that you get to see. But the way they train and play, you definitely feel like these are top, top players, yeah. Excellent. And uh, they've got most of the top players there then? Yeah, they do. They do. I think it was 22 out of 23 available. So it was a full strength for these two friendlies. Of course, Austria tomorrow night and then Italy on Tuesday night. There's still tickets available. You can buy tickets. I've seen people on Facebook wondering where you can buy tickets. You can buy them from the Algeciras Club de Football website where you'd go to buy Algeciras football tickets you can buy them from there and there's still plenty of tickets available so it's only a short drive away and it's definitely worth it because it's going to be high quality football excellent and um Jose, i think you managed to grab a word with the manager yeah. serena Wiegman, is it yes that's the one and i was asking her about the the jib fans that are set to go tomorrow night which she wasn't expecting to have such a huge support from gibraltar coming around so she was pleased to hear well, I, to be honest, I wasn't aware of that, but of course it's really nice that uh, people come and watch us. Gibraltar is really close to here, and it just shows that we connect with people in England, with our fans in England, but also with our fans uh, outside of England. So that's really nice to hear, and I hope they're going to enjoy the game tomorrow. 
Good stuff, Jose. Um, and she's very highly respected. No, I mean, her yeah. the, the performance in the World Cup has led to a new contract or a yeah. contract extension. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she's she's top notch, and I mean, what she's done for women. So obviously, won the Euros. The defending Euro champions are England. So getting them to the World Cup final, narrowly missing out one 0 I mean, credit to her. She's been fantastic for England since her appointment, and uh, she's also quite prom- well. She was also optimistic about Gibraltar. She obviously, I let her know that we're playing a game against Liechtenstein. Of course, Gibraltar went over to. St. George's Park and met the England players True. in November last year so there was a bit of connection there between them and she had a, a message for the team for tonight Enjoy the game, go for it and, and, and play with, uh, with courage that's that's what the lionesses are, are yeah. renowned for, no? the, the, the courage and and, uh, and and you know taking the game to to the opponents, and um, and certainly having spoken to Shania Rova yesterday, it sounds like the the Gibraltar team is very feeling good, feeling confident, feeling like they they've prepared well. Um, and that um, they know the opponents in Liechtenstein and, and uh, you know, are, are well-placed to score goals and, and potentially to, to beat them. Uh, so that that should be a, a great match, and that's happening at the Victoria Stadium this evening. Um, I think that, uh, working from memory, uh, doors, you can buy your ticket at the Victoria Stadium from 4.30 with the game kicking off at 6. No, Jose? Yeah, that's correct. The game's kicking off at 6, and... Uh... It'll be good to see Shania because obviously she's been out for so long with a uh, well, long-term injury. I was trying injury. to remember, was it a cruciate ligament? Or both ligament both or? legs, yeah, on both oh, legs wow. I believe it was. Mm. So she had to have operation on one leg, then on the other as well, I believe. So she's been out for a long time. She was obviously uh, my, my co-host when Gibraltar played Panama in summer. So it'll be good to see her back on the pitch where, where she deserves to be, really. Yeah, she's very knowledgeable about the game. But, but obviously, as, as, a, as a young woman, you want to see her doing what she does best, which is hopefully scoring goals for Gibraltar. Um, OK, well, one more word about the, the England uh, women's senior team then because um, people can enjoy both games if they like football they can watch Gibraltar play Liechtenstein uh, this evening and then uh, in Al Jazeera's they can watch um, uh, England versus Austria uh, both we're talking about women's football of course and uh, women's football has come so far Jose uh, are you expecting uh, the Al Jazeera stadium to, to be fairly full for, for those matches? I think so, considering the, the expat community as well, they live around the Costa del Sol. I'd hope that people have found out, I don't know how well they've kind of advertised the match. I mean, we've all heard about it here in Gibraltar because we've been covering it a bit. But hopefully words got, a, got around the Costa del Sol area and there'll be quite a lot of support for the Lionesses tomorrow night. And in a line or two, what do we know about Austria and Italy and how, you know, sort of how they're approaching the game? Well, it's a friendly. At the end of the day, it's a friendly. We're still about three or four, three months away from the actual qualifiers. So I think... The teams right now are testing the waters. For example, Lauren James can play anywhere up front, so they might test a striker, maybe out on the right wing, and I think it'll be similar for Austria, kind of testing the waters with some players where they might want to fit in and so on. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand.